0: to Ashley at the movies i am matt and joining me is ryan hi ryan hi thank you for having me thank you for being with us uh we're going to talk to uh, you today about the texas chainsaw massacre the new one 2022 um ashley skipped this film quite wisely as it turns (laughs) out um ryan you want to tell folks what is going on with this movie
1: Yes, so um, this is the new um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, movie, um, one of, I think, there's at least seven or eight of them.
0: This is the ninth one.
1: Oh, ninth. (laughs) I've lost track of how many there have been. Um, So... This one decides to take the 2018 Halloween approach where it basically forgets everything in between the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which came out in 74, and um, uh, and it basically just starts fresh as, as like a direct sequel to the original. So that's, you know, 2018 Halloween did that. It, it bypassed everything and said, let's just go off the original and use that formula They even brought back a legacy character. Um, and that movie was Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, it's her character. They brought it back for Halloween. Um, and so they decided to do that as well with the character Sally from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, but uh, that actress that played Sally in the original, she sadly passed away in 2014. So they recasted her for this one as well. And then they bring in new characters and kind of use Sally more as a, a side character. So uh, fast forward 50 years um, to now, Netflix has um, uh, started it up where we have a new group of um, young, um, youthful adults who are going down to um, Texas to a uh, now uh, abandoned um, uh, town that's just basically properties and they're going to kind of create new trendy hip utopia and sell them off to uh, a bunch of other millennial Gen Z people who are also Instagram influencers and yada, 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 um, to kind of get basically just to get a bunch of kids down into the middle of nowhere so that they can get slaughtered by a leather face. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of Texas Chainsaw 2022 in a nutshell. Um, It juggles a lot of Big modern themes, um, school shootings, gun control, uh, gentrification. So it it kind of uh, incorporates a lot of those, but it really doesn't really do much with them besides the fact of just kind of sprinkling them onto the movie. Um, It was, uh, in my opinion, not a really good movie. Um, It uh, it was... (sighs) So I guess we'll struggle a little bit with this because so the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie was really well done because uh, when it came out in 74, um, it, it really lowered the um, quantity of blood and gore and it really ramped up the scares through um, sheer terror, um, claustrophobia showing a lot of the kills off screen, but you knew what was happening of a, a group of teenagers getting lost and then They end up with a a murderous bunch of of cannibals who, um, you know, capture them and kidnap them. And so it really, really was a frightening movie. And still to this day is a frightening movie. Um, It was really well done, really well directed. And it really kind of shaped a generation of slasher horror movies. This Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie doesn't have any of the, the scares or the frights there. The acting was pretty good, but I felt like the writing was really weak. Um, and it really just ramps up more of the, the gore and the bloodbath um, and just kind of decides to go, you know, notch it up to 11 and go all out. But it doesn't really make it an effective horror, if that makes sense. So um, that's kind of, that in a nutshell, also a little bit with my review. On, I, I kind of spiraled off a bit about it about as well, kind of talking about it. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on on this movie? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I just kind of ended up watching this. Uh, it dropped on Netflix last week, and uh, it's not in theaters, but I ended up watching it kind of on a lark. I was just at a loose end that evening, and I was like, well, I'll just watch this. It's 81 minutes. Uh, this is a short movie, and that's 81 minutes with credits, so it's even shorter, mm-hmm. you know, by the time it actually stops. But, um, it, you know, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, it's got some interesting ideas, I guess. Mm-hmm. It wants to talk about gentrification. It wants to talk about uh, racism in the South. It wants to talk about capitalism uh, and it ta- the influence you know the influencer phenomenon that we're seeing. It, it has all these different things it wants to talk about, but it does them in such a clunky way. Um, and, it, and, it, and it also I feel like wants to have its cake and eat it too when it comes to things like uh, gun violence. Uh, and 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 also though like using guns to like <laughs> defend yourself, I don't know. Um, it, it's weird. And and uh, I actually was reading an article about this a few days ago, and uh, somebody had talked with the filmmakers, and they said, yeah, well, you know, we we did bring up those things, and we left them intentionally, uh, kind of uh, like kind of uh, unanswered. Like, and we kind of presented all these different. You know, because people people have been saying that you know they 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 bring up all the stuff and they never really do much with it or they and they and they're like yeah well we don't want to come down on one side and everything. and I don't know I don't know if you can I don't know I feel like there's sometimes you can make a movie and and kind of just present it and not be completely judgmental about it you can certainly do that in a movie and a lot of good movies have done that but you have to be really skilled to do that. And this movie doesn't come... I'm sorry. This movie doesn't come across as particularly skilled. Um, It's competently made. I will give it that. So um, I went with uh, our friend Aaron to see the new Liam Neeson movie, um, Blacklight. And it was just really bad. Uh, But I actually like this movie better than Blacklight. And the main reason is this movie is at least put together better. Um, the, The acting is actually better in this uh, than Light, and it's edited better. Like, the scenes are put together in a way that you follow what's going on, and, and even though it's all pretty sickening and gross, you follow what's going on. So this movie this movie is, on the one hand, I mean, it's competently made. Mm-hmm. But it is not at a level, I think, that it can get away with bringing up all of these, these themes and then not doing anything with them. Um, and, and it honestly... <laughs> It honestly made me pine for, like, because, you know, this is a slasher flick, right? And it falls back into the old slasher genre. It made me pine for, like, an 80s slasher movie that, you know, like, just takes place at some generic location like a, you know, summer camp or, you know, so wherever. And and it's just a straight up dude out there slashing people without all of the social commentary. (laughs) Um, I think it would have served itself maybe a little bit better that way. Uh, Sarah Yarkin is, gets top billing in this and I like her I like her character I liked her character more as the movie went on Um, mm-hmm. um and I gotta mention Elsie Fisher so Elsie Fisher is she's just now um 18 so I'm sure when she made this she was probably 17 or so she was a star of 8th grade
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Ryan I know you're a fan of Bo Burnham yeah and he directed that he wrote and directed 8th grade and um that's an excellent movie. Elsie Fisher is so good in that. Mm-hmm. And this movie was weird for me in a couple of levels with her because, one, it, I'm still thinking of her as this, like, eighth grader. And now she's she's in this horror film, this gruesome horror film. And and, and then, you know, she's looking older, too, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I don't know. The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm just like, all of this thinking to myself is like, oh, Elsie. Elsie Fisher, you were in eighth grade eighth grade, you know, and now you're in this. And I just hope her career is kind of starts to like, go, get better after this.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, she, eighth grade, side note, is a phenomenal movie. Um, highly recommend it. Elsie Fisher did such a good job. And it's it was uh, Bo Burnham's directorial debut um, back in 2018. And it, it's just a very – that's a, that's a well – rounded and well-made movie that um, also has a lot of themes, but it, it balances them out very well. Um, yeah, it, it is a little bit jarring to see her go and from that movie now to this um, all-out slasher movie, but I I give her props. She she worked with the material she was given, and even if the movie fails her, she did a good job. Same with Sarah Yarkin. Um, she also did a very good job in this uh, movie, um, which is really weird to see. It's like there was a couple good acting um, throughout the movie. Um, but then everything else was like falling apart at the same time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. They're both really good. Um, I mean, they are, they are doing their best with this material.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's just kind of a, a cluster of, um, so much that they're throwing at you. Um, it's a little frustrating because I didn't realize that the directors um, had said that about, you know, all the topics that they kind of just threw at the fan and and saw, you know, what stuck. Um, And you can do that, but if you're not going to do anything really with it, um, it's more lazy. It's like, you're trying to be relevant with like the times. So let's throw all these big, you know, social commentary themes into the movie, but not do anything with it because we want to quote, have the audience make up their own mind. That's Mm -hmm. just kind of lazy writing to me. I
0: don't know. What about you, Matt? Yeah, um, I I do. Like I said, I mean, I want to be clear. I mean, I have watched movies that are really good. And one of the reasons they're really good is they bring up their themes. They they don't provide you with an easy answer on their themes. And they don't necessarily judge with their themes, right? It's just sort Mm -hmm. of presented. And so a movie can do that and be really good. Mm-hmm. but there are some ingredients here that are missing in order to do that. Um, so something else I want to talk about, because you already touched upon the original Texas Chainsaw yep. movie from 1974. And, and I mean, I'm mean i sorry, but you know, comparisons have to be made, right? Because this yeah, is quote unquote, do. a direct sequel to that. Yep. Um, that movie, it was low budget and it looked certainly low budget, but there was artistic style to that. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks, you know, on purpose, kind of like almost documentary-ish. Um, mm-hmm. And and, you're, and there was not hardly any blood in it. And yet it was terrifying. You are, it is just a brutal, unrelenting movie. And you come out of it shaken. And yeah. I give it props. I mean, I have a lot of respect for that film. Um, that's some master craftsmanship when it comes to horror filmmaking. Um, and there were moments of tension in this movie. There were few and far between, but they were here in this movie. But this movie just kind of goes all in on the blood and gore it does and I've been a little disturbed honestly by so many people who like this movie and claim to like the whole Texas chainsaw you know franchise to talk about how you know well, you got to do that it's a, it's a horror movie, right and I'm like, well, except this is a quote unquote direct sequel to a horror movie they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what is it you're wanting from a horror movie? I guess that's the question. I mean, we all maybe want different things from a film or from a genre. But I watch a horror movie, first and foremost, kind of to be scared and to ha- and to get some atmosphere. A really good horror movie can like give you good atmosphere. Like, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre has atmosphere. The original Halloween has atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the Friday the 13th movies, which aren't at all any of the greatest movies ever made... But you know, you get a sense of place uh, and atmosphere in some of those with like Camp Crystal Lake and everything. Um, this, I have to say, yes, the little quote unquote empty Texas town that they went to, which is actually filmed in somewhere in Eastern Europe, I think um, but you know, set in Texas, that gives you sort of a sense of a setting, right. But one of the problems, and this is actually a, one of the things I'm not huge about with modern horror movies is they're all like, they all have the whole modern slick looking sensibility. Mm. This, this included. I mean, it's, it's, you know, sh- I mean, we're, and I understand we're in that era, but it's got that sharp definition, that little 4K look to it. Um, and there, there is no grittiness to this mm. film as far as its look and feel. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily because like I said so many of the, the new movies look like that and that's fine but I wouldn't necessarily ding it for that except again they say they push that this is a direct sequel to the original so if you're going to watch the original and then you're going to skip to this you are definitely going to see a difference in you know it's going it, to it will look like you know 50 years have gone by which you know your
1: mileage may vary on what you think about that that's a good point um it it, yeah it really comes down to the the craftsmanship and the execution um i mean you know movies like the original um texas chainsaw and and the original halloween those are extremely low budget you know films um but with how well they were handled by the directors um they to this day are there's a good reason why they're considered, you know, some of the best horror movies ever made. Um, so you don't need all, you know, um, it, it just shows like how well they can polish a movie to really, to, to really scare you and get under your skin. Um, and that, that's really effective. Um, it, you know, it, this movie on top of all the writing issues that it has, um, it doesn't really have like the frights and stuff that the original had, um it just has a lot of gore <laughs> mm-hmm. and i mean if you're coming i guess to see a lot of gore you're gonna they're gonna get a ton of it um in this film but I like what you said matt it, this is supposed to be a direct sequel from the original mm-hmm. one which you know didn't have any of that and it really ramped up the scares even you know like the 28 halloween movie um it it definitely had a lot more gore than the original mm-hmm. one but it was still very effective um, in its its um, frights and its, its scenes of suspense, I thought they did a pretty good job, um, in that movie, um, of of really kind of layering it out and focusing on um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character of of trauma and dealing with that. Um, and then unfortunately with this one, I just felt like with with Sally's part, they just kind of had her more as like a, a trailer gimmick that they didn't really do much with her character in the movie, which was really frustrating um so that was just really interesting that they just kind of like ramped it up like it's like a, a legacy sequel but it really wasn't in the end which yeah. was just very strange
0: yeah also i mean just as an aside and you know this is this is sort of maybe not the biggest issue to have with this film but uh <laughs> leatherface is a man in his 70s now he's i think that's he's probably in the 70s uh and um it's a little hard to believe he's quite so strong i mean he is pummeling 20-somethings in this movie and uh, hugely strong. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, the man is, I mean, he was, he was a big boy in the original movie. He's still a big boy. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, he's got to have really good genetics because <laughs> you keep that kind of weight on you for, like, 50 years and you've got to have had a coronary or something, right? I mean, you're not going to be, you got, you, you're going to have a host of health problems if you're just the average person. But maybe he's not. Maybe he's, maybe like Michael Myers, he's just pure evil and gets stronger every time he kills. I have no idea. But that, I was just having trouble, you know, trying to reconcile, like, how old he's got to be with the the stunts he was pulling off and stuff he was surviving. And uh, the movie's just so ridiculous. Um, so, we probably talked about it more than it deserves, but uh, what would you give this out of 10?
1: I will give it a Solid 2.5 for Elsie Fisher and Sarah Yarkin's performances. (laughs) Got it.
0: Yeah, I'll give it a 2. And that 2 is for, you know, the direction. I mean, it's it's competently put together. And also, um, you know, Yarkin and Fisher um, doing their best with this. So it's a 2.3 from us. Uh, It is on a tomato meter. And the critic score and the audience score is exactly the same. It's 31%. Which means nearly a third of critics who saw this were like, "Yeah, yeah, this is good enough. I give it a positive review," which I'm a little dumbfounded by, but sure, okay. <laughs> and then I'm actually very interested. It's funny, um, only a third of audiences like this, and I, I don't know. I would think that um, you know, the audience, the audiences might have liked this a little bit more because I do feel like you know, and I, mean, I don't mean to speak, sound condescending, but I feel like this does have enough of what modern horror, uh, horror audiences seem to like that it would do better, but yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they're able to see through it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a 2.3 from us, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Uh, thank you for joining me, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening.